Welcome to the conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. On August 10th, 2015, the FAA published a press release which essentially stated that there was a long-term study of fatigue as it affects air traffic controllers, which was completed back in January of 2014, but not released to the public until August of 2015. The study pointed out that rotating shifts of air traffic controllers led to side effects such as loss of sleep, fatigue on the job, and other issues that could result in events such as what happened in 2011 when an air traffic controller was literally asleep on the job at Washington National Airport. On August 11th, I had a conversation with radio station CGOB of Winnipeg, Canada, with host Richard Cloutier, where we discussed this report. Welcome back to Richard Cloutier Reports on 680 CJOB. Whenever I fly, I figure, you know, if this is it, that's it. But I'd like to know that the pilots have had a good night's sleep and the people that are guiding those pilots through air traffic control have had a good night's sleep as well. From south of the border report out this morning, that was undercover for quite some time, indicating fatigue, a huge problem for air traffic controllers. Aviation expert Todd Curtis joins us at 9.14 on RCR. Um, Todd, tell us about this study. Well, this study, well, first of all, thanks for having me on today. Uh, the study in question has actually been in process for quite some time. Uh, as far back as 2007, there was a high-level interest in the NTSB in sleep issues, and the FAA was starting to address it with special conferences in 2008, specifically about sleep as it affects uh, flight crew members and, and air traffic controllers. And starting in 2009, there was a very extensive study with NASA where the FAA looked at all sorts of issues about uh, what kind of sleep controllers get, especially when they have late-night shifts that shift from a, an earlier time in the day. And there were a specific recommendations and changes that were put into effect because of that. The thing that kind of uh, gets a lot of people upset about this is that this report was completed back in January 2014, but it wasn't until yesterday that the FAA had a press release talking about, one, that this study was done, and two, that there were changes implemented. That information comes out. Did that surprise or shock you? It didn't surprise me because this has been an issue for quite some time. Uh, you may recall back in 2011, there were some very high-profile events, especially at Washington National Airport, where a controller was literally asleep on the job, and at least two airliners had to land themselves without any guidance from the from the control tower because the controller on duty uh, was was asleep, basically. And that just highlighted a problem, not just of uh, tired controllers, but of the fact that there were rules in place that allowed controllers to be the only person in a control tower at times. Uh, that rule has changed, but I'd like to point out that it's not strictly enforced. Uh, the FAA now says, well, we have a two-person minimum. However, if someone calls in sick, we have procedures in place that allows a single person in the, in the control tower. So the Now, flying is still safe, though, Todd Curtis. I'm wondering if this is affecting um the system and whether or not we're seeing more near misses in other words you know there are procedures in place uh you know redundancies to ensure that nothing goes wrong and i'm wondering if we're seeing a lot of those redundancies having to kick in because of fatigue well that's hard to to put a finger on because when you have a situation where there's a higher risk of something happening let's say someone's asleep in the control tower there aren't necessarily systems in place to catch that 
and more importantly, to allow that information to be accessible to the general public. So there could be a lot of higher risk activity going on, but unless it manifests itself in some sort of accident or incident, uh, the public, you and I, are unlikely to see that. So we shouldn't be more afraid to fly as a result of this? Uh, no, in, in part because this is something that has been addressed at a very high level, uh, multiple studies and actions taken, I might add, by the FAA. Well, and I'm wondering if it applies to other jurisdictions, including Canada. You know, we focus on the United States a lot, rightly so, but are other nations who will often take their cues from the U.S., are we affected here in Canada? Well, the, the potential for being affected is certainly there because the underlying technology, the underlying procedures that are used for air traffic control in the U.S. are adopted to a large extent around the world. And the one factor that is common around the world is that you're dealing with human beings acting as air traffic controllers. And if you do things such as shift their work schedule around, let's say going from a daytime shift to an overnight shift, there are adjustments that the human body takes and fatigue and lack of sleep, which was noted in the study, are two of the side effects that could happen. You bet. Todd Curtis joining us. And whether you're a pilot, an air traffic controller, a firefighter, police officer, nurse, you work shift work, that obviously has an impact. For more information about aviation safety and security, please visit airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.